Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of CEO Sit-Downs. On today's show, I interview the CEO and co-founder of Hallow, Alex Jones. Hallow is a Catholic startup focused on prayer, meditation, music, sacred scripture, and sleep. The app, launched just over three and a half years ago, has grown rapidly and just crossed 1 billion minutes prayed, 3 million downloads, 100 million prayers prayed, 100,000 five-star reviews, and is the number one Catholic app in the world. In today's discussion, Alex and I talk about his reversion to the Catholic faith, how meditation and contemplative prayer changed his life, and the remarkable success Hallow has seen just in the past year alone. I can tell you from my own personal experience that the Hallow app is phenomenal. The graphics are superb, the user interface is top-notch, and the content itself is next level. In short, I'm a big fan. So, without further ado, I invite you to pull up a chair and listen into my conversation with Alex Jones. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me. It's a blessing. You bet, man. So first things first, Alex, I want to know more about you, of course, but give the folks who are listening an idea of what Hallow is about, everything up to this point, and just what what an achievement you guys have had here in the last month or so with Lent. Two weeks behind us, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's been all the big men upstairs doing, all the all the glory to God. It's been pretty incredible. But yeah, I mean, Hallow is a, is a prayer app. Our goal is just to help folks grow deeper in their relationship with God, deeper in their faith life, deeper in their spiritual life. You know, everybody from folks who haven't prayed for, you know, decades, people who haven't been to church for, for years and years, all the way to, you know, we have priests and bishops and monks on the app who are, you know, praying holy hours every day and able to go, you know, just a little bit deeper and try to continue to tap in and explore the rich, beautiful tradition tradition of spirituality within the church. So it's been an incredible ride. Yeah, Lent has been insane. We cracked, I think it was, we we're in number three overall in the in the app store, which no faith-based app or meditation app or wellness app has ever, ever hit, which was which was pretty incredible. And yeah, it's just it's just been a blast to be able to pray through this season with everybody. It's been a it's been an incredible blessing. So and and yeah, I know I'm sure we'll get into to my stuff and all that jazz, but it it really has been it, it was born out of a personal need and my own reversion back to the faith. And you know, it's continued to change my own life and it's a it's a real honor to be able to journey with folks through that through that relationship with God. How long have you been doing that, Alex? Yeah, probably four years, I guess maybe maybe four years and a couple months. So maybe four and a half years. So yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. We have to keep adding the adding months to the number. So but sure. uh, but yeah. So so what was the genesis of hell? I know you mentioned it in the context of your own reversion, your own coming back to faith, but was it always this early idea of having an app that would conduct these audio experiences of prayer? How did that all transpire? Yeah, so it's really pretty intertwined with my own faith journey. I was raised Catholic, but fell away from my faith in high school and college, unfortunately. And would have considered myself agnostic or atheist for most of that time if, if asked. But I graduated and I got really into meditation for some reason. And it, you know, my mind unfortunately did not first go to St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, but to secular meditation, Eastern traditions of meditation. And actually the 
meditation apps Headspace and Calm had just launched. So this would have been really early in their in their launch. And they're now, you know, massive hundreds of millions of downloads. But you know, I started using them every day. I was about to go to India for a couple of weeks, but I started using those every day. They were a lot cheaper than a flight, and a lot cheaper than going to like a meditation studio or something, and a lot easier. It was just like 10 minutes in the morning before I went to work, you were kind of guided through this of meditation and you could learn this from, from the guides that they had on the app. The weird thing for me was every time I would start meditating using secular meditation, my mind would feel pulled towards something spiritual, which I thought was just very strange, an image of the cross, Holy Spirit. And, you know, so I started asking around, I thought I had some new question, but I started asking around, you know, priests, brothers, sisters, friends, hey, is there any way there's some sort of intersection here between this faith thing and this meditation thing? And they all laughed at me and said, yeah, we've been doing it for 2000 years. You probably should have heard about it. And it's called prayer. And obviously I had heard a prayer, you know, the things that I'd memorized as a kid, uh, telling God what you're thankful for, or sorry for. And, but those had always just felt like I was either just going through the motions or just journaling in my own head. It never really felt like there was a two-way relationship, but I started learning all about the real, this real beautiful, deep, contemplative and meditative tradition within the church. And things like Lexi Divina, Ignatian Spirituality, Recollection, Chant, all these things that honestly I'd never heard of before. And I Googled how to do Lexi Divina, randomly opened up a Bible, Matthew 6, where he teaches the Lord's Prayer. And uh, hallow was the word that stuck out to me that I chose to meditate on. And it just, it changed my life. It brought me to tears, brought me back to my faith, changed everything about what I value, everything about what I care about, try to do, who I'm trying to be, you know brought me back to the beautiful, the, the beauty of the church's sacraments, daily mass and confession and all this stuff. And it was just this really beautiful combination of this deep sense of purpose or this deep sense of peace. I mean, you know, which you can kind of get from, you know, secular meditation, but I'd argue it's much deeper. So this deep sense of peace with this, with this combination of this struggle with purpose and meaning. So hallow means to make holy. So I was wrestling with, okay, well, am I supposed to be hallowing God's name? Is God supposed to be making me holy? Am I supposed to be helping other people grow in holiness? Am I letting God make me holy? And, you know, most of my life to that point had just been my own pursuit of my own career. And so the answers were largely no. So it's a pretty stressful, you know, pretty stressful thing to meditate on. It's like, I guess I'm not doing the right thing with my life. But it was, you were wrestling with it in this deep place of peace. And so anyway, I knew from that moment on, I needed to do this for the rest of my life. And I actually really liked this format of the app where you could have, you felt like this personal customized journey and you, you, you could kind of be led almost like in, in a retreat each morning by, you know, world's leading experts in, in these types of contemplation and meditation. And so we started building it. I knew how to code a little bit. And so we built the first version, you know, selfishly just for myself. And, you know, I figured, hey, if it, if it helps me get into heaven, that seems like a good ROI of a, you know, a chunk of my time and a chunk of my savings. And, you know, friends and family started using it in the early days. And it was just, you know, from the very earliest days, just these incredible miracles of what God was able to do in people's lives when you just give them five to 10 minutes. And we've just continued to see that throughout the last four years. It's just been a, just been an incredible blessing, but that was kind of the the beginning of hallow and so yeah it's just been this journey for me spiritually personally spiritually to get to journey deeper into this faith life with the whole hallow community which has been incredible so in those early days what drew you to meditation was it some existential aspect of life or why did you feel the need to make it a part of your day 
Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've thought about it. You know, I, I was working a decently stressful job, so I had, you know, I had stress for sure. But it was, it wasn't like I was trying to solve an acute stress problem. It was more, I was just fascinated with whatever. I was just fascinated with what a spiritual life or what a contemplative life might look like. And I was just really interested in that. And I don't know why. So yeah, that's not a, there's not a great, there's not a great answer to that, but something about the contemplative life just always seemed to attract me. Something about somebody who was just no matter what in this deep place of peace always seemed to kind of, kind of be something I was like, man, that'd be cool if I could try to, if I could try to grow in that. And you know, it has, it has been, so it, it certainly didn't, Certainly didn't disappoint, but yeah, it took some took some wild turns along the way. In those early days, was there anyone who objected to the idea of making prayer a technological experience? Oh yeah, a lot of folks still to this day. What's your response to that then and now? Has it changed at all? I mean, like my mom was the first. I mean, so my mom is the is uh, she's a woman of deep faith. You know, she's been the bedrock of our family's faith for, you know, for our whole lives. And she, you know, does Bible studies all the time. She is very involved with our, our church. And it was a super important part of her life. And I had fallen away from my faith. And so that, you know, stressed her out. She really didn't like that. And so anyway, I told her I was coming back to my faith and I wanted to, that I was working on this thing because it, you know, it all happened kind of in parallel. And she was super excited about, you know, the fact that I, was growing deeper in my relationship with God or coming back to it. But she was, you know, very honest as mothers often are. And she was like, look, to be honest, I, I mean, it's great that you're, but I don't think I'd ever use an app to pray to, I don't think I'd ever use this. So, you know, hopefully some people do, but you know, you can spend a couple and she's also, you know, like your traditional mother, like, Hey, maybe don't quit the job that's giving you the paycheck and, and spend all your retirement savings and everything on a little, a, a little app idea you have. But you know, it's, it's been fascinating to watch because, you know, and, and there's this, I honestly agree with a lot of it. Like I can't really pray with technology that well. There's something about looking at a screen and I, maybe it's the light or something, but you know, I honestly, I like to pray mostly with my eyes closed and whenever I open them, it kind of takes me out of the zone, which is an interesting, you know, observation to begin with. But in, in a book, isn't that bad, you know, like a physical Bible, you can kind of look at a physical Bible and open, close your eyes and kind of go in and out of prayer and it doesn't take you out that much. But if you're looking at a screen, it, it kind of does. And so I definitely got, you know, and, and I still do relate, but I, I think the interesting thing about this app is, and about kind of the audio focus is, you know, you really press play, you pick a session, you pick a length, you pick a guide, you press play, you plug in your earphones or put your phone on speaker or whatever it is, and, or have it in your car. And don't close your eyes if you're in your car, but everywhere else, you know, you close your eyes and it's like, there's just somebody next to you, like a priest leading you in prayer. Father Mike sitting right next to you, leading you in prayer or, you know, a monk sitting right next to you, leading you in a retreat. And there's something, it's like technology without technology anyway. So she tried it and she, she was like, gosh, this changed my life. I'm going to use this every day. And that, that was back when it was terrible. So we, we get a ton of folks like that where, you know, you have this aversion to technology and apps, which is totally fair. You know, you when you think of apps, you think of TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, places of stress and anxiety, or you think of emails and work or, you know, logistics or Ubers or whatever. And it's like, no, nah, this isn't something, this isn't a thing I get done. And this isn't like entertainment that I distract myself with. This is my faith life. Like this is a place of peace. But the thing is like God can use everything and he wants to hallow everything. He wants to make everything holy. So he wants to take 
books and make them holy. He wants to take technology and make them holy. He wants to take video and audio. He wants to make all these aspects of our life holy. He wants to make your entertainment holy. He wants to make your breaks holy. He wants to make your workouts holy. So he wants to reach in and he can use whatever he wants to reach into your life and to hallow them. I think that's been something that's you know, there's a lot of really awesome benefits to technology. You know, like I get to pray with Father Mike every morning. I get to listen to Bishop Barron's sermons every Sunday. I get to pray with Jonathan Rumi every week. I get to pray with Mark Wahlberg is to push me in fasting to wake up a little earlier. And I would, you know, maybe in, in a world without an app, and I get this customized personal experience that's kind of, you know, it recommends what's next for me. I can keep track. I can connect with my friends and family. My parish can have a relationship with me. I can set goals. I can see how, you know, push myself to let God push me to grow deeper and deeper into my faith and, you know, track it in a way that I actually care about it. Like it's, yeah, I'm actually focused on trying to really improve this thing. And, you know, in a world without an app, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit can reach, reach you through anything, but I'd, I'd never get to pray with Father Mike. You know, maybe I go to a com conference once in 10 years and pay, you know, a couple grand to listen to a sermon or a talk. But, you know, I get to do this every day with like the world's best retreat leaders. And like even a rosary, there's just something really, you know, carrying the beads around, which, you know, I do on my bracelet, but, but taking the beads off my bracelet and if you're driving or you're, you're walking or you're working and you, you're kind of moving through the beads and you forget which mystery it is or which one you're on, there's just something a lot better with doing a rosary with other people and being able to do that whenever, which is essentially what the app is. It's a, it allows you to pray the rosary with someone else whenever. So you don't forget, you don't have to keep count. You just try to enter as deeply into the mysteries as you can. So anyway, there's a, I, I think there's a, you know, what we've seen is God's able to do some really incredible things with technology. And, you know, I can certainly relate to the folks who, who are averse to it. So talking about your extensive catalog of prayers and music and I mean, there's really everything in there. I was blown away. I had first downloaded Hello, I think, in 2020. Didn't feel the need to keep it, so I deleted it. But maybe in these past couple months, I downloaded it again, and I was blown away. I really was, just by the breadth of what you guys have in there. So give us an idea. In those early days, what, what was the goal to just have some Lexio Divina, the rosary on there? What, how did that content progress to where it is now? Yeah, it's been a it's been a really interesting journey, honestly. So we launched with nine sessions on our like MVP, which is minimum viable product, like the the the, the smallest thing we could launch with. Um, and we really, you know, we had a few folks reach out to us to ask about you know whether they could use it. And we really just wanted to see whether anybody would find this helpful. And we didn't really know what we'd build, so we built nine sessions. It was kind of an intro challenge. Three were kind of kind of Carmelite recollection, just kind of core meditation on an image or a, a phrase. Three were Lexio Divina, and three were an examine, Ignatian examine. And you know what we thought was we're going to test these nine sessions, and we're going to interview. We interviewed everybody who used it, which was only you know a few dozen folks, and we're going to figure out which app we're going to build. We're either going to build a Lexio Divina app or an Ignatian examine app or a you know carmelite recollection app and what we found is we interviewed everybody and, and they all said man these three sessions changed my life we had one woman break up with her boyfriend of three years and commit to religious life as a nun after like nine sessions and 10 minutes and it's just like man praise god but we everybody said man these three sessions changed my life gosh lexia divina changed my life but the others were kind of a waste of time the interesting thing was it was essentially a third a third a third split even 
between which one people loved the most. Like some people really love the exam and some people really love Christian meditation, Carmelite spiritualities type stuff. Some people really loved Lexia Divina. And it was such an interesting experience because what it, what we learned from that and what's been true, you know, for us throughout Hallow is the diversity, both of the church and of the spirituality and tradition of the church and of people's own spiritual experiences. And so even so both people at different stages in their life and what might speak to them and at different points, but also within your own, as you grow throughout your own spiritual journey, like for me, I would do the daily gospel every day, daily Lexio Divina on the daily gospel every day, 10 minutes for like at least a year and a half. And it was my bread and butter. It was my favorite thing. And now it's, you know, I just, it, it's my core. I do a bunch of other stuff, but my core is the rosary every day, a rosary. And I tried to build a rosary habit for a while and I couldn't. So now I just do the rosary and I've added on the divine mercy chaplet recently. And so it's just rosary divine mercy chaplet. And for a lot of folks, it's like the community challenges or the ways to really engage or the music folks really love the chant or the contemporary music or Matt Moore just came out with a exclusive, awesome album on the, on the app for adoration. So there's just all this, there's all this richness and beauty within the church that God can use at different points in your life to reach out to you and reignite and reinvigorate your faith life. And so for us, it's, which is like, again, one of the really cool parts about an app. Like if, if you were talking to somebody, maybe I could walk you through one type of session or one type of meditation. But as an app, we have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of guides who are experts across dozens of different spiritualities and types of prayer. And so being able to share those with folks and folks being able to discover those, even within the rosary, we have like dozens of different types of rosaries. And so being able to dive deeper into those with these really incredible guides has been something that has been a big learning. So yeah, it's kind of, and, and the fun part is, so it's kind of exploded because People keep requesting new and different types of content, and it's great. So we want to keep making it, and we've just barely scratched the surface. You know, it's like we've barely scratched the surface on diving into scripture. We've barely scratched the surface on music. We've barely scratched the surface on spiritualities and different techniques and different methods and different traditions. And it's it's really pretty exciting. Books like The Imitation of Christ was was is an incredible book that we're going through for Lent that you know we didn't have on the app before, and saints' writings and all this stuff. So. For us, we get really excited about the future and the ability for us to dive really deeply into this stuff. I will say, Alex, one of my favorite things within the app is morning lo-fi. I absolutely love that. I'm not sure who put it together, but it's just terrific. Moreover, within your app, what astounds me and what I absolutely love is the simple beauty of all the designs. And I mean that. I remember talking to your co-founder, Alessandro at Seek and I was commenting on the fact that all of your all of your images of specific folks like Father Mike, Bishop Barron, etc., they're faceless. And that caught me off guard because years ago there was this slender man craze, this scary dude walking around without a face, and everyone was freaked out. This you you've made it home for people. They recognize these people without any facial context at all. And I find that so interesting. So Long story short, I'm a big fan of the artwork within your app. Yeah, we luckily I'm I, I can brag because I, I didn't do any of it at all. <laughs> I mean, frankly, we we had the the first app was all just like purple boxes with you know maybe there was some design or something, and our designer, which this is a, a relatively common practice at Halla, but but was like, hey Alex, do you mind if we do this? I, I think we could add some artwork to it in a way that's simple and and but still kind of makes it a bit more engaging. And I was like, nah man, we don't have time. We've got all these other things to design. And he was like, come on, just give me like a week. 
halftime, I'll put together a few of these and we'll let you know. And, and, and you'll see, you'll see what you think. And he did. And it was just, I mean, it was just so much better. And they've just gotten a lot. They've just continued to get, we've built out this great team. We've just continued to get really excellent, like just world-class illustrations and, and artwork. And yeah, I think the sim, our, our goal is to, you know, make them simple, but intriguing and engaging. And, you know, a little bit like our faith, it's like, you know, you want it to be approachable. You want it to be simple and like God invites you in. You want it to be a little bit lighthearted, but at the same time, like beautiful and deep and meaningful and powerful. And I think they do a really excellent job of that. We tried, you know, for the, we did these saints in seven days things where our illustrator made actual physical paintings of these saints' faces. And they were just like, incredibly beautiful so so yeah it is actually quite it is actually pretty fun to to how can you bring folks you know and the faceless thing is like yeah well how how can we make sure that the attention is still on christ and on god while still like you know having the fun of oh yeah i recognize father michael i recognize bishop aaron as the guide of this but you know but our attention is not on the celebrity of the person but on but on them trying to lead us deeper into a relationship with god and it's also a lot easier faces are way are are really hard to illustrate well so that's a very uh, practical point it makes it makes it a bit more scalable too so that's not a bad not a bad side benefit how did you go about choosing those saints you mentioned the hand painted images how did you go about choosing which saints to feature within the app yeah, so man, this was a while ago, so my my memory, but but it might be St. Martin de Pours, Louis Anzel, St. Louis Anzel, and uh, St. Padre Pio, and then Mother, I think Mother Teresa. Mother yeah. Teresa, yep. You know, so it was our first time trying something like that. So we have a daily saint that goes through, you know, a different saint every day, and we've been doing that for a couple of years now. So it's, it's hundreds of saints and folks really loved it. And so we wanted to kind of take, but that's just, you know, you only get a couple minutes on the background of their life. And, and we wanted to take, especially for folks where there's more, there's more material available, there's more writings and stuff. We wanted to be able to dive a bit deeper. And so we wanted to, uh, we wanted to dive a bit into, you know, for us, it was how, how can we try to choose, you know, we have a bunch of we have this great content team that knows way more about saints lives than I ever will. And then we get a bunch of requests from users. And for us, it was how, how can we choose folks both that, you know, people are excited by that have name recognition, who they'll, who they'll be excited to learn more about or pray with. And like mother Teresa, we even had some original audio from, from her that we were able to add to the app. So that was, you know, an easy one, but then also saints that could speak to people at different stages in their life, you know, a diverse background life experience, you know, a married couple was a really, was a really special one for us to be able to add so that anybody, you know, definitely priests and nuns and, and religious, but also lay folks can find, you know, inspiration and relatability in, in these different saints' lives, which you can find in certainly in Padre Pio or, or any of the saints, but there's something special about having somebody from your vocation there or from your walk of life or somebody who you might relate with a, a bit more. And so that was really, we got a lot of really positive feedback from that. Folks really loved it. So we're excited to, to continue diving deep into them. I have to know, which is the most popular out of all your offerings? Which, which is the most popular amongst your users? You can't be, you can't beat Mary. You can't beat Mary. And, and no matter how, no matter how hard you try, you don't beat a rosary. So it's tough to, I mean, a rosary is, yeah, a rosary is super popular. You know, some of our nighttime stuff, sleep meditations and night prayer and, and, and that is really popular music. People play a lot, you know, you'll just put it on repeat. So that's, 
you know, especially during the day. And still the daily gospel, Lexia Divina is a really popular one. Jeff Cavins has these daily reflections in the morning that are really popular. Honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty diverse. It's a, it's a, and then when we do these community challenges, those, those always work really well. The people really love those. So Lent right now is, is the one we're going through. So, so that's the, you know, super popular Advent is super popular when we do that. We did a Marian consecration last year. That was super popular. So all these things are folks really seem to love, but yeah, the rosary is kind of your study, you know, always, always going to be, and we feature it really prominently just because it's a, you know, it's tough to, tough to beat a rosary when you're looking for meditative and contemplative prayer. Now tell me, Alex, here in the scope of all that you guys have done over the course of four years, when was the moment when you realized this could be something, not just something that you and your mom were using, but that this could be a bona fide thing? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting... I mean, there's a couple different... There's a couple different... It's still a startup, so it's it's certainly still, you know... We're, we're not a, we're not a general motors. This thing isn't guaranteed to be around for 500 years or whatever. Probably general motors isn't either, but, but you know, it's still a, still a high risk thing. And what we're trying to do is it's pretty freeing, honestly, is, is we're trying to reach out to folks really, we're trying to reach out to everybody, but especially folks who have fallen away from their faith. And that's a really hard group of folks to reach out to. You really have to do stuff at, at a pretty big scale. And so people ask, you know, like what was the inspiration behind partnering with, Wahlberg or any of these, any of these bigger names. And, you know, they're all incredible faith leaders or, or, you know, leaders within their industry who happen to be people of faith, which is awesome. But the bigger thing is, you know, we got a tweet just this morning that was somebody saying, you know, Hey, I heard Mark Wahlberg talking about a 40 day challenge. My dad heard Mark Wahlberg talking about a 40 day challenge on the radio. And he went to, he, he was inspired to go to mass for the first time in over a decade. And so that's pretty cool. And it's like, yeah, that's the, you know, for us, the the vision of Hallow is like, how could we try to, you know, knowing that it's risky and that we're probably going to fail, but how can we try to, through God's grace, build something that might make a little dent in the trajectory of the church, especially in the West. So anyway, the first thing is, you know, I'd bonafide is an interesting word, word, you know, we're still a startup, still very much a risky startup. So, so, but you know, I mean, honestly, the first, you know, the first few dozen people to use this app, you know, my aunt was one of them and she had my cousin, her son, her only son had passed away about three, four months before she, before she started using the app. He was 40, mid forties. He had just gotten married. His wife had just gotten pregnant with their first kid and he passed away suddenly in his sleep, heart attack, heart condition. And she was obviously heartbroken and wouldn't get out of bed, wouldn't eat, was, you know, heartbreaking. And we launched in December for Advent of 2018 and she sent us a note that said, hey guys, hey Alex, I just wanted to let you know that this holiday season is always a time of dread. It's always a time of anxiety. I have to figure out how to visit all my grandkids and all my kids and how to get presents for everybody and do all this stuff that I always have to do. And this year I have to face it without my son for the first time. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I didn't think I was going to be able to get through it. And I just wanted to let you know that listening to these little meditations each morning on this app have allowed me to get through and carry through each day and have reminded me of the hope and the the beauty and the promise of our faith. And, you know, I broke down in tears. I pretty much do every time I tell the story. And, you know, for me, it was, that was like, 
maybe this thing, this tiny little thing, this little app, five, 10 minutes in somebody's day, God can use to really change somebody's life. And it's one of those things that the whole experience of Hallow has been this experience, both of surrender and of just watching God do these incredible things. Because you see that happen. It's like nothing we wrote spoke to that. Nothing, you know, we didn't even try to address something as deep as, as and, and as painful as that. But God was able to use it as an opportunity to reach out to her. And, you know, from that moment, it was just like, man, if we could just do that for one more, one more person, you know, that'd be worth another 30 years of work, all our money, all our time. And, you know, we get a note like that every day from somebody who's struggling with something incredibly deep and incredibly dark and really heavy, and God's able to bring light and peace and love through it. So that's probably, you know, when we, you know, and then there's a bunch of times we were working on it. We, we, we didn't know if we'd be able to work on it full time. And then we got kind of our first little funding thing, which was again, all God doing the heavy lifting. And so that was like, oh man, we actually get to work on this full time for like six, 12 months. And so you know, there's been a ton of those moments where it's, you know, and then I was like, man, if we, if we get to, you know, this many users or something, we might be able to, you know, survive for more than 12 months. And it was like, oh, we got to this. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's, you know, every, every month is kind of a new adventure, but yeah, that first experience was really like, man, God, I think God might be, might be doing something pretty cool, pretty special here. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what he's got in store. And it's been, it's been a pretty crazy journey. How many folks are on your team currently, Alex? Yeah, we've got we've got around fifty. So it's it's a decent size, way bigger than I thought that team would ever be. But still, it's funny because of the top when we're in the top five apps, or or every other app of the top ten has you know at least ten thousand employees, and so it's just this crazy. You know, our engineers, our poor engineers, are holding on like like crazy trying to keep the app from crashing because it just was it was just going crazy but but yeah we've got a really phenomenal team and again all all, all the credit to god it's just been a a blessing to watch him pull together folks who are super mission driven and really passionate about trying to help people find peace and find god i know there's several co-founders of hallow you being one of them talk to me about the importance of co-founders how have they impacted hallow's success and the trajectory on which it's it's currently on the, yeah, so we have two other co-founders. So Eric is kind of our technical, our, our CTO guy. And then Alessandro, who did a bunch of our finance stuff early on and also has a has a, a great ability to, you know, partner, especially with the church and the institutional the institutional church. And so, which is super helpful. It's, it's really important for us to be able to partner authentically with the church and be a tool for the church and make sure that everything we do on, on the app is 100% authentically Catholic in line with church teaching while also trying to be as welcoming as possible to as many people as possible of, of all faiths. But no, I mean, f- founding a startup is by far, I mean, I haven't done every job in the world, but it's a really, really stressful job. It's really hard. And, you know, I think Elon Musk's quote was, it's like, it's like standing on the edge of a cliff, looking into an abyss that all you see is blackness and chewing glass. You just do the hardest work because that's what filters up, you know, you you get, and Zuckerberg was talking about this too, which I'm not comparing myself to either of them. They have much more difficult jobs than I do, much more stressful jobs. But the, you know, he was like every morning, it's like getting punched in the gut as hard as somebody can punch you because all you get each morning is an email or slacks or whatever of the biggest problems that are happening the biggest risks to the future of of the startup and things that yeah if they went the wrong way could sink the startup and you know you have to take all these bets with really imperfect information and in the dark and hope that they work out 
And you have all these people who, you know, for me, 50 people is a lot of people, families and jobs to try to think of, you know, Allah being responsible for. And so being able to have, you know, first is obviously a surrender to God and, and prayer and realization that God's the one in charge. So you can't take the weight of this, which was a very early big revelation for me and is the only thing that's kept me somewhat sane throughout this. But two is, yeah, having co-founders is just incredible. People who can support you when you're going through something really tough or when there's a really difficult decision. And there's just there's just nobody who, you know, I've had CEO coaches or mentors or any of that jazz, but nobody's close enough to the organization. Nobody's close enough to the people, close enough to the mission to really be able to think through these really hard, really thorny problems with you. And then to help support you along the way. So yeah, I don't, we certainly wouldn't have been here without Eric and Alessandro. It's, it's been a, it's, but we've also had this Eric and Alessandro and also the whole, the whole early team of folks who helped to get this thing off the ground. They've all just been incredible and yeah, help me and my job and also help build up and figure out a lot of the really hard problems that we need to figure out to try to build something that doesn't totally sink and actually tries to help people pray. So as a, yeah, the co-founders is certainly a, certainly a, a, a very helpful thing for me, both mentally and, and functionally and strategically in, in trying to build the, build the startup. Talking about the folks who use your app, have you ever studied the demographics? I mean, the app in, in a very explicit way is Catholic, but have you ever studied whether there's other denominations using it? Yeah, there's tons of other denominations using it. Really? We have... I mean, we have a ton of non-Catholic Christians, folks from Protestant denominations or evangelical or non-denominational. It, we have a ton of non, non-Catholic Christians using the app. We get write-ins every, every day, many, many a day from folks who are, you know, hey, I'm not Catholic, but this is awesome. You know, actually, at a, for a time, our most, our biggest power user was an evangelical woman, evangelical Christian woman used it like 30 times a day. And we talked to her and we're like, why, what, what are you turned off that it's Catholic at all? And she was like, no, not at all. It's just, I skip the rosary and everything else is scripture. So now I would argue the rosary is also scripture, but we, we didn't necessarily get into that to super deep the, but yeah, I mean, we, we have a ton of folks who, who come to the app from a bunch of different, we have Jewish folks on the app. We have brothers and sisters, sisters of the Muslim faith on the app. We have atheists, agnostics on the app. We have, we have people of, of all different backgrounds and it's really been a blessing to be able to pray with, pray with them all the you know we, we we are pretty careful about making sure that any data that we have is you know 100 necessary and kept super private so we don't you know study someone's age or gender or you know religious affiliation so we try to be super super centric on on privacy i think it's important when you're you know doing something as as personal as a as a faith-based app that you can trust that it's a that it's a private place and a place of peace for for you and you know if you want to connect with loved ones you can but for you and and god to to grow deeper so we try to be we try to be really sensitive to that but yeah i mean it's 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 still probably majority catholic you know probably north 50 percent. and we we've done some like optional surveys and stuff but there's a large there's a large contingent especially of non-catholic christians but of folks of all faiths who who come to the app and we see a lot of you know, we, we try to be as welcoming as possible for everybody, but we've seen a lot of folks really discover the richness and the beauty of the Catholic faith through the app and be led to conversion, which is, you know, just incredible. So, but yeah, yeah, we have a lot of folks of, of a lot of different backgrounds. When I have conversations like these, Alex, I'm always interested how CEOs split their time 
Where do you find yourself mostly focusing on? Where where is your attention directed toward, drawn to? What 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 gives you life out of all the responsibilities that you have as a CEO? Yeah, the you know, it really it's really a pretty dramatic change week to week, which is a pretty funny um you know, for, and I was talking to a fellow founder, CEO, and, and he said, you know, he structured it in a pretty helpful way. But, you know, for him, it was, especially at a startup, first making sure that you're finding and expanding product market fit, which essentially just means that you're working on making sure your product and the experience and the user experience is as, as great as it can be and trying to open that up for, for more and more people. And for us, that's just trying to help as many people as we can to pray. And that is both product for us. So the app and the app design and app functionality and content. So what, you know, what content are we launching with and and all that jazz? The second big thing was, you know, team essentially, and making sure that your team is as high performing as it can be. And that folks are loving their job and are going to stick around and are super satisfied. And so, you know, that's very much in line with kind of the servant leadership model of, hey, your job is to try to help your team be as successful as possible, which is certainly the job of a CEO. And the third is, and, and also, you know, communicate and set a vision and set some direction that folks are, are executing against and all the stuff that comes with, you know, being able to lead a team effectively. And then the last one is, you know, trying to make sure that the company survives. So you've got, you know, fundraising or finances and making sure that you've got a model that's working and economics that work. You know, for me, it's it's probably decently close to that. But it varies a good bit, you know. If if we're if we're leading up to a big launch, there's a lot of, you know, you got to make sure all the all the content is ready, you know, two three months before, and then you got to figure out all the marketing and what you're going to do to promote it, you know, a month before, and then you got to make sure that everything's all set and everything's, you know, that everything goes according to plan, for, you know, the actual launch itself. And you know, our app crashed for like 30 minutes during the launch, so a chunk of it is just trying to make sure that it, you know, that we can be prepared for that, and hopefully that doesn't happen. And then, yeah, out, outside of those big launches, you've got you've got teams. So if you're hiring folks, that's super important. Making sure folks are, you know, you're creating an environment where people can perform at their best is is a super important one. And then probably steadily, just throughout the majority of the time, hopefully is is big content or expansions into, you know, new categories of ways to help folks grow deeper in their faith. You know, we started just very focused on prayer and meditation and we added in kind of sleep and nighttime stuff and scripture stuff and Bible. So continuing to find ways that we can reach out to those folks and then product is a, is a super important one. So how can you make the app as, as easy as possible for folks to build habits of prayer and to stick with those habits is really important just to kind of be getting better and better. So yeah, that's probably, you know, product and content is probably the majority of, of my time, but the but when it comes to, you know, some big launch or something, it, it kind of changes everything. So you got to make sure that those are ready to go. Give me some insight into your calendar, so to say, at Hallow, because I'm well aware of your guys' big launch for Lent because I got an email from Exodus, Word on Fire, Ascension Presents, all these different outfits that you guys collaborate with and connect with promoting your Lenten launch. But are there any other big pushes? Do you guys do a big push for Christmas at all or any other high holy day? Yeah, we do a we do a big push. You know, Lent is obviously a longer community challenge, but usually once a month we have a pretty awesome and unique challenge that that aligns to the spirituality. The biggest are certainly Advent and Lent. 
and then Christmas we do a, a little Christmas thing, and then for New Year's we do a, a little, you know, either a Bible in a year, or catechism in a year push, which are great pieces of content for folks who haven't given a try or you know trying to build a habit of prayer in the New Year pushes. The and then after, so we're in the Lent season right now. After this, well, towards the end of Lent, we'll do a kind of Stations of the Cross as you lead into Holy Week push. And then we've got a really beautiful Easter challenge that dives deep into scripture that we'll jump into. And then we'll have Bishop Barron has a really cool one coming out in the summer. We have a consecration that's coming out in the summer. And then as we get back into the school year, we've got some exciting, we've got some exciting stuff planned, but we haven't, we haven't necessarily announced it yet. So we'll keep it on the DL, the down low and the, and then we'll, then we'll head back into Advent and the Advent season, which will be another big one. So yeah, our, our, our year, we try to make sure that we have ways, you know, it's, it's obviously helpful to do a daily rosary every day or a daily gospel, but there's also really exciting ways to, you know, spice up or, or refresh your, your faith life by diving into something that maybe you haven't done before, or maybe you haven't done in a while. And so having opportunities like a, you know, a Marian consecration or something like that to dedicate yourself to Mary or a St. Joseph consecration or something like that is, is something that folks really seem to like and, and helps them to dive deeper into their, into their faith lives. Alex, what are your thoughts? In the last several years or so, I've noticed a trend of various faith-based initiative, faith-based organizations like Hallow, just seeing dramatic success. Father Mike and his Bible in a Year, Catechism in the Year. I mean, those have just blown everyone out of the water. Hallow, I remember watching some clip from the Today Show, and one of their anchors mentioned that he used your app. All of these different things I noticed. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, people ask me this question. The you know, I have no, I I don't, I don't pretend to know God's plan, and He's sure. usually smacked me in the face that 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 I don't whenever I try to guess at it. So I have no idea. But I think it's pretty exciting. I think there's a bunch of stuff that is, that is resonating with folks from 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 faith. You know, I think a part of it is well through COVID. It, it, COVID was such an interesting experience because you had all of these emotions. You had in all of these experiences, you had this frustration and anger and division you had this loneliness and anxiety and depression you had addiction you had grief people who have lost loved ones people who themselves were nearing the end of their own lives and had to had to struggle and wrestle with that and there's just and there's just nothing that speaks you know, I, I think in our normal days, we distract ourselves so much. And I think Exodus does such a great job of this. But I think in our normal lives, we distract ourselves so much from these really deep things. But when you encounter one, there's just nothing. There's just nothing that can speak to that except God. And, you know, you see it all the time with addiction. You see it with people who have gone through horrible trauma. You see it with you know, grief or people entering the, the end of their lives with like these real anger problems. It's just, you can't, you can't be like, oh, well, check out this YouTube thing or this guy gave some cool talk or, you know, maybe go for a run. It's just like, no, you, you can't, there's nothing deep enough except for God that can speak to those things. And it's obviously a multifaceted problem and, you know, exercise certainly helps with all those things and you should get sleep and all that jazz. But, but God is the one who can reach into those really deep wounds and speak to them in a way that nothing else can. And so I think we saw that a lot through COVID. And then as we've come back, I think it's this interesting, I don't know, I, I've, I've had this, you know, people people have fallen away from the church at, at record rates and, and haven't come back to, to in-person mass. 
And I think there was this, you know, I had this experience when I was out in California where I was in Silicon Valley, which is certainly the opposite of the hotbed of Christianity. And it was this experience where, you know, like I grew up in Ohio and, you know, a third of people went to mass, a third of people went to some other Christian church and a third of people maybe didn't take their faith seriously, but it wasn't weird to go to church. It wasn't weird to go to mass. And so you kind of just went and you never really questioned it. You never really wrestled with it. And it was just kind of the cultural thing to do. Whereas when I was out in, in the Valley, it was like, and I was just coming back to my faith. It was like to, to be somebody of faith was like this crazy idea. It was this crazy rebel thing. And it really galvanized you. It was like, it was like, man, you're right. Like I'm kind of part of this rebel church. Like I really need to understand what I believe. I really need to. And as you kind of dive deeper into that, as it becomes more forefront in your mind, you start to grow really deep into it. When you give it time, God pulls you a lot closer to, to himself. And so I think there's this opportunity within the church. You know, you have kind of this group of folks who have decided, yeah, I'm going to come back to mass. And it's not, you know, at the same number that it was before, but it's this group that I think maybe uh, God is using to galvanize the world to say, you know, hey, we're, you know, let's rededicate ourselves. Let's redouble down to how we can try to be Christians and grow deeper in our spirituality. And I also think he's using these, you know, for us, what we get really excited about is, I think this spirituality just speaks to folks in a way that, that, is really unique. People are stressed. People are anxious, even post COVID with technology and especially young folks, but everybody, it's just a crazy world. And it's just incredibly busy and anxious and stressful. And I think the peace that God offers is something that we've seen resonate with, with, with a lot of, with a lot of folks who are going through really tough times. So I have no idea, no idea what God's doing. I have no idea what the plan is, but yeah, there, there does seem even across music and, and media and, and movies, there's just all these kind of little sparks of things that are, that are pretty exciting. So we'll see if we'll see what he's got planned, but I th- I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. With all your responsibilities, Alex, all that's on your plate as the head of a company, how do you stay grounded in your own faith? Yeah, that one's easy. The what's the other benefit of co-founders? You know, you have folks who join later in a company and they might look at you a little they 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 might treat you a little different. The conversations might be a little easier, but your co-founders aren't. They they they'll never, you know, they'll never pretend you're some like big big dog CEO or whatever. You're just the guy who, you know, is making it up as he goes, which is certainly true. Well, hopefully trying to surrender as much as we can to God. The so co-founders certainly help with that. And wives, wives are tough to beat. Wives are, I have this story, the, <laughs> the, so like we were, we were trying to do this partnership with, with Mark Wahlberg and, and he, he, the way he communicates typically is just FaceTiming randomly, which is awesome. You get to connect deeply, but it's also certainly takes you, takes you off guard. And so, and so we were trying to figure out, Hey, is there some way that we might be able to work together with Mark? And I'd, you know, I'd never really talked to, I think we had met once super briefly. I'd never really talked. And I certainly have never talked to, I don't regularly talk to super famous people. So, you know, he, so he FaceTimes me anyway on like nine, at 9 PM on a Friday night and my, and he's, he's talking about father. This was back when father Stu was coming out. He's talking about father Stu and how excited he is for it and how he's gotten all these notes of people whose lives have been changed and all this stuff. And so he's mostly just sharing, you know, stuff that he's really excited about. So I'm like, oh man, that's amazing. Praise God. That's awesome. Oh gosh, that's awesome. That's incredible. Praise God. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. And it's like a 40 second call. And it's the first time he's FaceTimed me or whatever. And I hang up, he hangs up we're done. And my wife's sitting right next to me. It's like 9 PM on a Friday. And she just, the first words out of her mouth are just, 
you said awesome a lot. And I was like, thanks, honey. Not like, oh, wow, that's cool that he FaceTimed you or like how exciting that you get to talk to Mark or he seems really excited about any of that shit. Nothing supportive. Just, hey, you sounded like an idiot. Hey, Alex, by the way, you sounded stupid. That was that was terrible. And now I'm going to think about it for the next week of how many times I said awesome during that conversation. But anyway, so yeah, my wife is certainly a, she's very loving. She's very supportive. I, there's absolutely no way I'd be anywhere. She's a saint among regular humans. So there's absolutely no way that we'd be able to do any of this without, without her. But, but yeah, she certainly helps keep me, keep me humble. And may she be blessed for it. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Re- really quick though, Alex, I know we're coming up on time. Hallow has cultivated some amazing partnerships. You have Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen, Mark Wahlberg. You have some some of a greater Catholic fame, if you will, like Scott Hahn, Bishop Barron, etc. How do you guys go about cultivating these relationships, getting them across the finish line? Yeah, it's it's again really just been all all God. You know, we tried to reach out to Father Mike, I think, like a dozen different ways, and then randomly he contacted us through like some support thing or something. And, you know, same thing with Bishop Aaron. It's, you know, for us, it's, it's, I think there's this uniqueness of trying to help people pray and trying to help people grow deeper in their spiritual life that is, I think folks really get excited about because they all have their own really rich, beautiful spiritual lives. And to be able to share those with people is something that, that everybody gets really excited about. And then for us, I think there's something about the, how is a, you know, we're certainly not just trying to build a startup to try to get a bunch of users or something. It's, you know, I could, the difference between 10,000 users and a million users to me is I can't even comprehend a thousand. So it has no difference for me. It's just, man, we've got this really incredible thing God has given us. It's changed my own life and I would love to be able to share it with other folks. And as we do, we hear these incredible stories from, from folks who themselves lives have been changed by it. And so you know, for us, I think there is this, there's this, you know, the authenticity of what we're trying to do really helps with, really helps with trying to partner with these folks. Cause yeah, I mean, you, you should be, you know, if you're Bishop Barron, you're both representing the church and your own, you know, platform and word on fire and all this stuff. So you got to be careful about, you know, where you put stuff and who you partner with and, and all these things. Cause anything could be, anything could be crazy. And so for us, it's really important for to, to always be in line with church teaching. We make we take that very seriously. We have a lot of really incredible advisors who make sure that we we are, and and yeah, it's it's the 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 foundation of what Hallow is is just trying to help people pray in in as authentic way as we can, which I think has helped a, a good bit. But honestly, it's not. You know, it, it's tough to it's tough to really hit this point home. But we try. Anything great at Hallow has been us trying like fifteen different ways, and then we essentially give up. And then God does it. And it's just this hilarious, it's this hilarious story where he just keeps telling us, Hey, by the way, remember you're not in charge. I am. Hey, by the way, remember you're not in charge. I am. And so any of these, any of the great partners that we've been able to work with have been just very clearly him doing the heavy lifting. So one last thing, like I said, we're coming up on time. The word entrepreneur is somewhat of a buzzword. How do you understand how do you view your role as a founder as an entrepreneur in light of your faith yeah it's an easy one you're just trying to you're just trying to give up as much as possible which is a funny one i I, i'll i'll have these trying to surrender as best as possible i have these kind of startup 
we'll have, you know, a startup CEO conversation or something. And typically the advice is like, oh, you just got to work really hard and you got to, which is super important. You got to like, you know, think really strategically. You got to think about product market fit. You got to talk to all these users. Here's all the 10 things that we did really well. And for me, it's usually like, well, you just have to give up and, and let God do the, let God do the heavy lifting. Yeah. You're trying to build something. You're trying to build something great, which is fun. Like it's, it's really fun to try to build something, something that wasn't there and then is there. And it maybe has an impact on someone's life. Like that's, at the core, entrepreneurship is just trying to build something. And, you know, at the beginning, it's a little product. And then it's, you know, maybe a maybe a community of, of folks using it. And then it's a team of people who can build it. And, and then it's a company eventually, and you're building all these, but you're just trying to build things. But for, you know, I remember for our seed round, which is kind of the first, I was talking about this, is, is the first fund funding thing that a, a startup will do. It's called Seed. And we had, you know, used our own credit cards and all this stuff, maxed out everything. And so we weren't really going to be able to work on this for a whole lot longer, probably had a couple more months. And so we were like, well, maybe, you know, we could give this a shot, see if anybody might be able to actually give us some some money to try to build this thing. And, you know, then we might be able to work on it full time for like, you know, 10, 12 months or something real. And it's doing a, doing a fundraising as anybody, but especially as a really early stage startup is incredibly stressful. It's just, you're, you're pitching people, you're constantly analyzing yourself. You pitch, you know, at the early stage, there's, there's a bunch of different people and funds and all this stuff. And so you pitch like 80, we pitched like 80 to 90 people in a period of like two, three weeks. And so it was just back to back meetings all day from 7am to 9pm. You're exhausted. And there's not, you know, it's just the story of what you're trying to do. There's not a whole lot of data or anything. So all they have to do, and this is what, you know, people who back these different types of ideas will say, it's just, you're just judging the person. So you're just saying, do I think I want to bet on you? And you know that going into it. So it's like, okay, you, you either do or don't want to bet on me. And, and even the story for me is my own faith journey. It's like as personal as it gets. So and you know, you're constantly like, well, am I sitting up straight enough? I'm making enough eye contact. Did I answer that question fast enough? And so it's really pretty, it's, it's really pretty exhausting. I'll say either that, or when our app crashed for 30 minutes, about 15 minutes before Mark went on the today show was the two most stressful experiences at Halo. But by that point I had hopefully already gotten a good bit better at surrender. But the, for this point it was really early on. And I remember I came back to my studio apartment and the thing is, if you, you talk to 80 people. If 10 of them are interested in doing it, then that's super, you did super, you did incredibly well because you've got 10 people. That's, that's a lot. And it's really competitive and everybody wants to, it feels like there's a bunch of them and it's, it's great, but that means 70 people said no. And the 70 people who say no, say no right away or like the next day. And the 10 people who say yes, take like two, three weeks to say yes. So you're just getting no after no, after no, after no, after no, you get no yeses, you get no, you maybe get a, Hey, I'll meet again, but that's it. You get like, no, 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 no. And so I remember I went back to my studio apartment. It was like 11 PM at night. It was just me and my wife. I, you know, sit down to pray. And I was like, God, look, let me make a deal with you. I promise if this thing works, you are going to get the credit. There is no way that I'm going to try to convince myself that I'm the one doing this and I'm never going to let that happen. I'm always going to know that you're the one who did it and is doing it. And I'm always going to try to give you as much credit as I possibly can in as many different opportunities or channels as I, as I possibly can. At the same time, if this thing doesn't work out, 
it's on you. I'm not taking, I'm not taking the, I'm not taking the weight of that. I'm not taking the blame. I'm going to work really hard, but if it doesn't work out, that's fine. It's your thing. And you know, maybe you want it as a stepping stone to something else and you want it to inspire somebody else to do something, or you want it as a growth opportunity for me to do something or whatever it is. That's fine. It's you're in charge. If it doesn't work out though, I'm not taking the weight you are. And it was just this enormously freeing. It was just like this whole weight off your shoulders. And it was just this like, yeah, you're right. It's not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just an employee, at, at not just, I'm just, I'm just working for this guy. Like he's the one who's got it figured out a much grander plan than I, than this little hallow thing that we're doing. And if he wants to use hallow to do something helpful to him, then that's fine. And it's kind of also a fun one. Cause it's like, well, yeah, but what if, what if it's all, you know, what if he's not in charge? What if God's not real? Whatever doubt comes to your mind, it's like, well, then everything we're doing at Hallow is a total waste of time. So, you know, who cares? Then I'd rather it fail. But, but it hasn't. It hasn't been. And God has certainly been there and has certainly been present for us. It's been, you know, the most real relationship of my life. And the next day, we went to, you know, this meeting with a phenomenal technology guy. And I, I remember that I had. I went to go grab a cup of coffee. It was at a coffee shop. And uh, I remembered I hadn't read the daily gospel yet. So I opened up the daily gospel and it was the story of Peter trying to fish as I'm waiting in line, Peter trying to fish and there's no fish in the sea and he's trying to fish. There's no fish. And Jesus comes and says, let down your net. And he says, there's no fish in the sea, man. I've been trying this. I've been trying forever. I've been trying all day. There's no fish here. He says, let down your net and he catches more net than he can handle. And, you know, five minutes later, that guy offers to, you know, and invest and back us. And then, you know, three, four other people in the next 24, 48 hours offer. And so it ended up being this great, it ended up being a great, you know, opportunity for us to raise a little bit of money to try to build this startup and with some really phenomenal partners. But it was just this, like what I was saying before, it was like this, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried to fix all the things I was saying and tried to, and it wasn't until I just gave up and was just like, look, God, you got this, you're, you're going to do whatever you want with this that he was like, okay, fine. I was waiting for you to do that. Now, here you go. And, you know, that's been the whole story of Hallow is how, how can, how can I learn to, and we as a company learn to surrender as, as much as we possibly can, and hopefully our whole selves and our whole lives to, to God. So anyway, that's been what entrepreneurship means to me. And there you have it, folks. There you have it. Alex, I can't thank you enough for agreeing to come on. I really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed our conversation. Give the folks who are listening an idea where they can learn more about you, about Hallow, about anything that matters to you. Yeah, I mean, the best place is just Hallow. So but you can follow us like Hallow app on any of the social media things or or just download Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W, like Hallow be thy name. And, and yeah, that's the best place either on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. So yeah, that would certainly, and then you'll get a little email from Alex at Hallow and that'll be, that'll be me. So there you have it. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough, Alex. I really can't. I've been looking forward to this for some time and I knew we'd get it in Lent and sure enough we did. So thank yeah, you so much. Thanks for having me is a, is a blessing. You bet. Take care, my friend. God bless. Whether you allowed us to keep you company on your ride home from the office during your workout or as you were getting ready for the day, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe and follow CEO Sit Downs on whatever podcast platform you use, and I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review, as it often helps others find the podcast in the future. And if today's episode called to mind a friend or family member who you think would enjoy today's conversation, go ahead and share this episode with them. I would certainly appreciate it, and hopefully they will too. 
Thanks again for listening, and may you have a pleasant day wherever you may be. Thank you.